We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody welcome to nfl week six you know what time it is it's time for the dfs pick six the roto grinders dfs pick six merrick crane i'm joined by lord reeves i'm joined by john daigle reeves what's up buddy how we doing what's going on guys you know week eight week seven uh was uh, a quite a mixed bag of, of uh, fun there you know we were talking before the show had a there great week on fun had a great week on DraftKings. it was fun there but I was joking on the show is I need to cross references because I keep track of uh, my lineups. I think I might have set my lowest scoring cash lineup in the history of playing on FanDuel. Congratulations. So what do you what? like? What do you do to celebrate? <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I go to Arby's. Uh, I sit in the parking lot uh, for five minutes, uh, drew, eat three beef and cheddars. Uh, and then, you know, it's kind of just like slink my way home. That sounds like normal Tuesday for me. Dago, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, going well. I really enjoyed swapping our DFS stories before the show because we have we have basically three people here who uh, come on and suggest DFS, and we just talked about how miserable we were over the weekend. It was easily my worst week of the season. I loaded up on the – I had 100% double stacks of the Rams-Falcons game and the Giants-Cardinals game, and uh, neither got there. So, you know what? That's just the way it goes sometimes. We'll be back this week. We'll be stronger this week, and we're going to get into the games. But first, I want to let you guys know, FanDuel Single Entry Series, it is going on. There are six weeks of contests with various entry fee tiers, so you can play high stakes, low stakes, you can play them both. Why not? The six finalists at the end get to go to the WFF. FC party in Puerto Rico and play for their own prize pool. Uh, very cool trip. Uh, if you get, guys get a chance to go to the live final, it's phenomenal to check out. I'm going to be hitting that up hard trying to get in. And also, let's be honest, we all want to go to Puerto Rico. So make sure you check that out. Also, with in conjunction with our friends with Vegas Insider, there's a $10,000 total prizes. That's uh, $5,000 to the winner, including various 
weekly and half season prizes. That's going on on SharpSide right now. Make sure you download the free SharpSide app for iOS or Android. Make the picks on the NFL lines in total. You can play as many or as few as you want, but whoever has the most positive units wins the contest. It's all for free. Get on there. Start swiping those bets. Have a good time. And it's uh, it's like the tender. I've been told I've never been on the old tender because, well, I don't want to die. And if you have, don't talk about it here because your wife's yeah, in the other room. <laughs> I haven't been on tender. There, okay. There. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Dago, week eight. What do you think about this slate, man? Uh, yeah, it's one that the games are interesting. It's they have a few spots that are highlighted that I really look, I'm really looking forward to that we'll dive into here in a minute. But overall, like the game quality is what's lacking here. But for DFS, that's why we're incentivized, right? To enjoy ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it's like when and obviously the Monday night football game isn't on the slate, but when the Steelers and Dolphins get together, if it wasn't for DFS and gambling, Reeves, I wouldn't be watching that game. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird week. It really feels like a weird week. What are you thinking about it, Reeves? I, I actually am in the, probably the minority, but I actually like when the worst games of the week are on the island games because then they just don't clutter up my Sunday and I have to pay. You know, <laughs> I just kind of can work through them and have them on and, you know, watch them. So I actually like when the primetime games are typical dogs like Steelers dolphins because that would have just cluttered up some of my space on sunday some of my tv space yeah you don't so. have to have scott hansen breaking in for you for mason rudolph rushing <laughs> yeah so i don't mind i mean i i've liked i've enjoyed the last two weeks because we haven't had you know christian mccaffrey on the main slate so it's been real fun and it's fun to see different owner uh you know listen to podcasts and listen to other people's shows let's start kind of just not the typical cliche of y'all will just We'll just pick Chris McCaffrey and we'll go from there. Uh, we get him back this week, but in an objectively like pretty rough spot. Uh, so, I mean, I'm curious to see how people handle him. And his price has gone up uh, on both sites. So I'm really interested in that and see how people handle him. Um, you know, you look at the 49ers and not – I mean, we'll get into this matchup or we won't get into this matchup, I don't know. But, uh, you know, the 49ers, uh, you know, haven't allowed any running back to finish RB30 or higher. I'll go on a limb and say Chris McCaffrey will finish higher than RB30 this week. Um, but McCaffrey's faced just, you know, one defense so far that's been in the top 12 in yards from scrimmage allowed to running back so far, and he faced that defense twice. He had 18 touches for 53 yards and 18 touches for 57 yards. 49ers are third in the league. So I'm really curious to see, you know, how much uh, we see if defense doesn't matter or what does matter in that game and in that matchup. And if people, you know, auto just plug, go right back to the well and plug McCaffrey back in uh, and do an auto spot this week. Yeah, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say at 9.2K for a team with an 18-point team total. I don't think he's going to be that popular. So I think it's a really interesting game theory play because Derry Sanders, man, the dude gets it done. Let's go ahead and jump into this slate. Uh, we're going to talk, obviously, our three favorite games, three games that are interesting to us, and plus quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. Let's start off with Seattle and Atlanta. 53.5-point total to Seattle. They're 5.5-point favorites on the road. And Dale, last week, if you played any Falcons, you were screwed. That was just how it worked, man. Like, mm-hmm. like Julio didn't get there. Ridley sure as hell didn't get there. Devontae Freeman got kicked out of the game. Austin Hooper barely got there. Matt Ryan got to the locker room with an ankle injury. It sounds like he's going to be back this week, but that's – I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I believe what the team expects him to play. But, Dega, when we look at this spot, are we willing to go back and play some of these Atlanta guys? 
Yeah, so there is a hanging asterisk over this game, and it has to do with Ryan's health. Because if we get Ryan, then yes, we are willing to go back, I would think, to this Falcons offense as a whole. Ryan, as we know, came into the game over 300 yards in every outing until he hit that slow point, exited to the locker room, didn't return. But if he plays this, even if it's even if there's reported limitations, like I'm going right back because some Mohamed Sununeo has who, as we know, has been traded to the Patriots, leaves behind a 14% target share, leaves behind a team I amount of routes run. And if we get Calvin Ridley on a reduced salary, uh, now playing and projecting to head towards a career high and slot routes run. Won't be the full-time slot receiver, but the fact that he is now able to play more in the slot. Just last year even, he played only 24% from the slot, but in that limited time, caught 19 of 22 targets his way for two touchdowns. And now he'll be in that position a lot more. Um, Julio Jones, who is underwhelmed, underperformed, despite still getting targets. Uh, You run right back to him against this poor Seattle secondary if we get Ryan. Having said that, if we don't get Ryan, then we got to look elsewhere. I see. And to me, I don't know, man. Like, I'm actually considering going Matt Schaub if we don't get Ryan. I actually think that's Yeah, like, because he's got to be a cheap quarterback, a cheap home underdog quarterback in the highest total on the slate. Traditionally, those guys have fared really well. Reeves, am I nuts for thinking that if Ryan misses, I don't hate the idea of playing a little Matt Schaub? You're testing my metal because I love bad quarterbacks in DFS. And we actually had them this year. You know, it feels especially like the past few weeks we haven't uh, had these cheapy QBs. You know, I've I've already – you know how I play. And I love to go to those guys. We haven't had – since Kyle Allen, that first week he started, I haven't had one of these guys to latch onto a catch. And I was already excited to try to sell you on Ryan Tannehill. So how can I, you know, not get the, the you know, Matt Schaub? I wasn't even really expecting him, you know. Matt Ryan hasn't missed a game since 2009. They have a bye next week, which is what I figured with what he limped off. But then I also forgot that Dan Quinn's about to be on permanent bye, so he feels like he needs to probably thrust <laughs> Matt Ryan into the lineup to try to save his job. I don't see what one win would even do it if they got it. Uh, but, I, I mean, I'm still surprised. I'm still skeptical to see how this goes later in the week. Um to see if he plays or not. Obviously, like everything Daigle said is true. Like We need him to play. Not only do we need Matt Ryan to play – for the Falcon side, we need him to play for the Seahawks side. Yeah. Because, yeah, be- because we've seen it with Russell Wilson. Even, it didn't matter how matchup, the, how great it was. We had this in week four. On this show, we talked about I think it was the first show I came back and did. And we talked about the scenario with Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter if the defense they're playing is going to give up a high, uh, you know, a bunch of efficiency through the air and the Falcons are dead last in the NFL and expected points added via their pass defense. If the Seattle Seahawks come out and get a lead, and they did this in week four against the Cardinals. Dude, Russell's going to throw 24 passes. He's going to throw 23 passes. And can he throw three to four touchdowns on those 23 to 24 passes? Absolutely. But you're going to pay the top QB, the number one QB in terms of pricing on both main slates. Um, you're going to pay for that. I, I mean, it's it's tough. That volume uh, is always lingering. So if Matt Schaub plays and we get Seattle as favorites, and they jump out to a lead, and then they just ride Chris Carson out the rest of the way and let Russ you know, have to do his due diligence on 20 to 25 pass attempts, we're back into that spot where you're probably overpaying you know, for um, a great matchup and, and a great quarterback and a great matchup. So, I mean, we need Schaub to play uh, to carry you know, Russ's uh, water you mean, as well. We need Ryan to play, not Schaub. Because yeah, we need Schaub. Ryan to play. <laughs> not Schaub. Yeah, but, you know <sighs> – 
I don't know. To me, like, if Seattle gets out of the big lead like we talked about, Schaub's still going to be throwing, and he's still got Ridley and uh, Julio to throw the ball to. I'm not sure about old Hooper there, but I don't. I think it's interesting. What about a guy like Devontae Freeman? Last week, obviously, got ejected. Dagled, what do you think about Freeman? I mean, yes, Freeman. Reeves talked about Freeman last week, how it was just unsustainable for him to continue spiking. Uh, I think he had three receiving touchdowns in the past uh, – Two, two games coming into that performance, and then only three targets, six yards, obviously not a touchdown on those six yards, only seven carries. Yes, Ito Smith uh, you know, may not be around. We're not sure. Pretty sure he's not going to play, and it would be uh, Brian Hill behind him. But even so, like even with Ryan, you, Freeman's not the guy you want to roll out against Seattle because if Ryan plays, the offensive situation doesn't change. They continue rearing him back and allowing him throw 35 times or whatever. And then, of course, if if uh, Schaub plays, then you don't really want to play Freeman anyhow because the game script wouldn't present itself. Okay, let's talk about the Seattle side because, Reeves, you were talking about if Seattle gets that to a big lead, we expect them just to kind of pound Chris Carson and don't get cute Russell Wilson's throwing 25 passes or so. Who do you think is viable on the Seattle side, Reeves? Yeah, it's real tricky because, you know, obviously, you know, we talk about the the inherent volume that's always there. Obviously, people are going to be drawn to the matchup with Russ. And, then you know, Carson, I mean, he's had 24 more touches now in four consecutive games. He was even he was awful last week and still got 24 touches in that game. Um, He just typically, you know, he's typically a guy that aesthetically is fun to watch at play, too, as well. And he was. He was just bad last week uh, in that matchup against the Ravens. Obviously, I think you'd go back to him. Uh, the Falcons actually have been pretty decent against the run, but I don't think it would matter just based on what we know what Brian Schottenheimer wants to do. Uh, and if the game script's there, you know, and, and if we're talking about the Falcons pass defense, that means you're just getting scoring opportunities for a guy like Chris Carson as well. Um, I'm real curious to see how people handle Tyler Lockett because I've talked about on the show a few times that Tyler Lockett's just a guy I don't play in DFS, even when he's in these objectively like strong smash spots, um, especially when he's priced at 7K on both sites, 7-2 at FanDuel, 7 on DK. He's got just one 20-point game this season, and it came in just a jailbreak scenario in that game that they were just getting roasted by the Saints and had to come back. Uh, he had just one 20-point game last year, and he just had one 20-point game in 2017. He's just a guy that typically doesn't get a lot of volume and that's why I typically avoid him at his price. Um, if we're going to play a guy, I think it's a guy we've, you know, we've talked about a few times, just hasn't popped for us yet, is DK Metcalf. Yeah, baby. Um, Straight lines for days. Yeah, he's yet to clear four catches in a game this season, but the Falcons are 32nd in points allowed to opposing left wide receivers. They're 24th in wide receivers that line up on the right side of the field. DK Metcalf runs 86% of his routes on the perimeter. Uh, it sets up well for him. Uh, you know, we talk about him just still not able to cash in these end zone targets. I mean, he still leads the team in end zone targets. So, I mean, he's the guy um, we keep chasing the, our tail a little bit with DK Metcalf. But objectively, when you're talking about pricing, like I, I'm priced out on Ty Lockett because I don't – he hasn't shown the requisite upside for me to pay that type of cost and the type of volume, whereas I can still say DK can get there and, and you know, 3X, you know, three, three to three-and-a-half time X a salary, whereas I think Lockett is like a pretty big stretch for it, even in a great spot. Yeah, so, Dale, are you willing to play the, these passing guys? Because I think Reeves really nailed the guy that I'm interested in, a DK Metcalf. Yeah, if I go if I go a passing option, I do actually favor, as Reeves said, against the air outside corners, I favor Metcalf over Lockett. But 
I do still prefer uh, Carson in this spot. And it's yes, it's for the touches, but more or less, Rashad Penny, despite the fact they drafted him number 27 overall last year in the first round, I mean, he's become an afterthought. He's become purely a handcuff who doesn't touch the ball. Two, two snaps, no touches last week behind CJ Procise, who played six snaps. Carson <laughs> has now set a career high in snap rate in two of his last four games. He just continues topping his own workload. He's going to hit over 90% in the next couple of weeks if he's healthy. So uh, that's the guy that's the cash and tournament play, if only for his usage alone. Yeah, and um, I don't know. That that pick was weird at the time when they took Rashad Penny when they yeah. did. Now it's, now it's even weirder. Um, in hindsight. All right, let's move on to Oakland at Houston. 51 and a half point total. Houston six and a half point favorites. And Reeves, when I look at this game, I see the game that I think is most likely to shoot out. And the Houston side, look, I think is obvious. Oakland, they just got torched by Aaron Rodgers. Of course, we're going to like Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, Kiki QT. Of course, we're going to like those guys. But I even like the Oakland side a little bit. Let's start with Houston, though, Reeves. What are we liking over here? Yeah, I mean, I like a little bit more if we get, you know, if Tyra Williams plays, maybe they activate Zay Jones because the way to beat Houston is the target wide receivers. Wide receiver play is what roasts Houston. And Oakland is 29th in targets per game to their wide receivers and 32nd in yardage per game for their wide receivers. Uh, so we would like to see Tyrell come back and, and you know, kind of up this uh, matchup a little bit. Cause that's the, the mismatch side for when you play Houston. You always want to target Houston with wide receiver play. But on the other side, I mean, it's just a dream spot for Deshaun Watson. I mean, Oakland is just hemorrhaging points uh, on the back end. They're actually solid against the run, um, but they, they have a lot of league high nine touchdowns outside the red zone this season. They're allowing a pass play of once every 10 plays in defense. It's the highest rate in the league. Um, it, so it sets up really well for a guy like Deshaun Watson and for their receivers now with no Will Fuller, who had... 46% of their deep targets on the season so far. And we saw DeAndre Hopkins out bounce back with Will Fuller out last week. You know, he's had 12 targets in back-to-back games. You have to pay up for him, but I think he's the one guy kind of worth paying up for on both sides at the wide receiver position. And then Kenny Stills is in just a fantastic spot. I mean, he leads the – he's fourth in the NFL in yards per route run. Uh, now he's a full-time player. He played 94% of snaps last week against the Raiders defense, who's at worst – against the vertical pass and just got rid of another cornerback, you know, Gary and Conley, who, who, you know, kind of flipped locker rooms in this game. So it just really sets up because what, what the Raiders are worst at the vertical pass and what they're best at kind of defending the run kind of plays into what we want to target with the Houston Texans offense, because we never want to be kind of talked into Carlos Hyde and we don't really need to be, we can kind of just be talked into Deshaun Watson and the pass catchers. Um, and, you know, we saw the Green Bay Packers, you know, gaggle of vagabonds, you know, uh, wide receivers just kind of just do whatever they wanted to do last week against the Raiders. So now you get Kenny Stills, DeAndre Hopkins, Kiki QT. Uh, you know, it's just an objectively, you know, smash spot at home against the Raiders team that also has never made it back home yet from a month ago. <laughs> That's amazing. That's special. Like, I don't know what the NFL is doing, like the poor Raiders. Maybe they're just mad that they're moving to Vegas. But, uh, yeah, it's very strange. Uh, so, Dago, when I look at this Houston spot, obviously DeAndre Hopkins is the top play. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. He's going to be incredibly chalky. Stills is the guy that I love, man. I love his skill set against a team like Oakland. You say incredibly chalky. See, I came into this show thinking that his and Stills' ownership would actually be pretty similar. 
I think Stills okay. is going to catch on heavily as the week continues here because unlike when they lost or when, when all four were healthy, QT, Stills included behind Fuller and Hopkins, um, Stills like still was used improperly in the slot, whereas now he's playing that position that he was so strong at even with bad quarterback play in Miami, um, he's going to play every every snap. Like he came in in that last game, Fuller played three snaps, ninety four percent of their snaps, um, ran around on ninety five percent of Deshaun Watson's dropbacks, and as we talked about, now gets a Oakland team who shoddy corners can't defend the pass at all. My concern in this game, and it jumped out when I first saw it as well, is that I I don't know. Yes, I know Houston's weaknesses, as Reeves talked about. I don't know how Oakland attacks that because this offense flows through Darren Waller and secondary Josh Jacobs. It does not go to their receivers whatsoever, and their best receiver has plantar fasciitis questionable for this game as a whole. So we need Oakland to attack somehow, and outside of Darren Waller, I'm not sure how they do it because they're not going to do what they should do and just go full Eagles on everyone and just get Foster Moreau and Darren Waller involved on 12 personnel for 70% of their snaps. I'm so glad we got a Foster Moreau uh, reference in this show. That's good. Not time. bad. Yeah, not I'll bad. Like so if Tyra Williams plays Reeves, and obviously it's questionable, but if Tyra Williams plays, do we attack him? Because at 5.5K, I think people are going to get sticker shock from that price tag. I mean, I doubt anyone wants to play him anyways, especially we could just go across like uh, with with Kenny Stills being so cheap. I want to play Kind him. of equal pricing. I think he's interesting if he does play. I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, that's a tough injury, that plantar fasciitis. We kind of talked about it, the Tim, it being the Tim Duncan injury. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, he, you know, he's also a guy that was kind of really living on that that touchdown deodorant. He only he didn't go he hasn't gone over forty six yards in any of his games except for that season opener, and was kind of living off that touchdown ability. It's just like Daniel said, man, like they just have not shown any ability to get the ball on the perimeter, and like that's where we want to just exploit Houston. That's what this game needs to pop. Um, because I was early in the week when I was looking at the QB streaming, you know, pieces and I was like, Oh, well, you know, this could be a spot for Derek Carr. And then I looked at just under the hood and I was like, Ooh, I don't just don't know. <laughs> I gets there. You know, um, I just don't know how he gets there because the way to beat Houston is with wide receiver play. And, um, they, um, are, are bad. And, <laughs> and the strength of their offense, like they like to lean on Josh Jacobs and, a offensive line that's actually good they continue performing above expectations but today's practice like first of all Josh Jacobs left that Packers game early and came back and then Gruden came out today and didn't even try to cover it up didn't mask anything he's like no he's hurt uh left the game got a shot came back out fought through it and the shoulder injury is legitimate quote-unquote so now we're concerned about him behind an offensive line that also is dealing with three different injuries, uh, two offensive linemen who were still banged up from the Packers, and Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson, and Trent Brown got limited practice in today at right tackle. So it's just, it's just one that screams like one that we should want to be on, and that's why it's a confusing situation because everything doesn't fit like a puzzle. It's just like clashing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, to me that – go ahead, Reeves. I would say, yeah, Oakland is second in the league in first down run rate. They lead the league with 5.6 yards per play on first down run plays. Houston is third in the league uh, defending first down runs, just 3.1 yards per play. So it's another one of these things. Like it just, it doesn't all, it just doesn't fit. (laughs) The Jenga pieces aren't, are, are toppling over. 
Yeah, I want some of it. I might play Dirt Car this week. I really might. That'll be I'll do two, two, <laughs> you've already, two segments Matt, in, and you've Matt, already tried to Matt play Matt Shaw and Dirt <laughs> Car. Yeah, I'll leave the Deshaun Watsons for you guys. <laughs> when, when you when when you cash in one of one fifty, you just start looking for ways. Hey, I'm just saying there is exactly one person on the planet who has won the Millie Maker with Derek Carr, and he's sitting right here. So y'all can hate on Derek Carr all you want, but he's a hero. I hope popping collars, popping Oh, it's already up there. Oh, my bad. No. <laughs> No, I I really don't hate Tyrell Williams here. I hope that I hope we get word that he's going to be healthy enough to play a full game because if that happens, I really think he could crush in this spot at five percent ownership. All right, let's move on to the Giants and the Lions, and of course, the big piece of news here, Daigle, it's that Carryon Johnson on IR. He's going to miss probably the rest of the season. Ty Johnson expected to get the starting gig for Detroit. A phenomenal matchup against the Giants. And Ty Johnson at 4.9K. We can fully expect Ty Johnson to be chalked this week, right? Absolutely. Uh, we're going to just work with the information we have because we were concerned about a potential trade before this game and the fact that they did call up Paul Perkins. Uh, Paul Perkins and Trey Carson weren't active last week, which then saw Ty Johnson's snaps, targets, routes run, carries, got all got 100% of the work inside the 10-yard line, got their goal line carries. Um, it all increased – when, whereas J.D. McKissick's role did not increase whatsoever, like slightly in routes run, but that's about it. The thing is, yes, Perkins and Trey Carson are just guys, but the Lions are big on just guys. They're, they're <laughs> team jag because C.J. Anderson even worked over Carrion Johnson, got the fruitful touches that we needed the first two weeks before they finally just said, what are we doing, and then cut him. Um, this is a stubborn coaching staff, and that is my concern for Ty Johnson. Having said that, his price lends his price and opportunity lends itself to be one of the higher on running backs of week eight. Yeah, and see, when I look at it, I kind of think, and Reeves, I want to hear what you have to say about this too, because I I've seen this situation with this Lions coaching staff before, and we've seen it before where they're just like screw it. I know we're supposed to run with Ty Johnson. We're just going to let Stafford throw the ball 40 times. Reeves, I sort of get the feeling that is what's going to happen in this game. And I mean, they're a team that just objectively can't run it well, which stinks as well. Uh, they, they've really struggled to run the ball well. It's kind of like the, you know, the Malcolm Brown situation from a couple weeks ago. Uh, we've got a guy that's going to get elevated into, but like Carrion Johnson had, had sucked. Like he's been bad. So, I mean, uh, you know, Carrion Johnson was a guy a lot of people went to last week, and I didn't understand why his ownership was so high. Um, but I mean, at 4.9K, I mean, it's, we've had, we've had more of these spots hit than not. You know, Wayne, we tried to talk ourselves out of Wayne Gallman. He smoked. You know, some people try to talk themselves out of Tavis Murray. He smoked. I mean, it's just it's, it's just kind of kind of live with it here. I think at four point nine, uh, you roll with him. He's got some pass catching ability. Um, you know, it's it, he was just a guy though at Maryland. Does the same way. He was always in a timeshare at Maryland. The most touches he had in a season at Maryland was one hundred and forty two. His senior year, he dealt with a calf injury, but shared his most work with Anthony McFarland, who a lot of people are high on, you know, coming into the pros. Uh, he popped on his pro day, though. Ty Johnson did. You know, he ran at 4 4 5, uh, 40, kind of popped, got on the radar. He was team preseason. But uh, he's been like just a kind of a, a, a share of the backfield, timeshare back his whole career dating back to college, uh, but he's so cheap. And the matchup's so good. I mean, the Giants just made Chase Edmonds look like Barry Sanders last week. Uh, you know, uh, they're 28th in opposing – our opposing backfields are 28th 
have the 28th most, or I'm sorry, the fifth most. So they're 28th in the league in 168.3 yards for scrimmage allowed to opposing backfields. Chase Edmonds had 35 fantasy points with only two catches. Uh, he had as many 20-yard touchdown runs in that game that David Johnson has his whole career. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> uh, the, I mean, it's just it, – they're at home. They're huge favorites. Uh, it's hard to talk yourself out of it. But, like, the previous game we just talked about between Houston and Oakland, this is just the sink spot for where the Giants suck and what the Lions are good at. I mean, the – the Lions on downfield, or the Giants on downfield targets, are allowing the third highest rate of completions, fifty-four uh, percent, only ahead of the Dolphins and the Falcons. Uh, Matthew Stafford is leads the league in the highest rate on downfield targets this year. Uh, his A dot has spiked. Twenty-one percent of his completions have gone for twenty more yards. That's the highest rate in the NFL. Uh, you know, so we're getting back. You know, every obviously we don't have to chase Marvin Jones because he used up all those allotted points last week. Uh, <laughs> we would hope. But he's also very good on those targets. 11 of his 16. He's caught 11 of 16 of those downfield targets, 69%. Kenny Galladay's only caught 6 of 16 of his downfield targets this year, uh, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, he's got to start getting there sometime, right? His, his catchable target rate at Pro Football Focus is the lowest of all 83 wide receivers with 20 or more targets on the season. Uh, but the, the overall volume is still there. Per week, uh, you know, seven or more targets, you know, in all these games but one. Or he's at eight or more targets in every game prior to last week. So, I mean, and we talk about the uh, Giants secondary every week as well. I mean, DeAndre Baker, Janoris Jenkins, uh, and Grant Haley, have just uh, they're all in the top 20 in yards per allowed uh, per coverage snap. Uh, in the NFL. So, I mean, it's just a spot I think that – Galladay was another guy. I wasn't on either of the Lions that were properly owned, but uh, if you would have told me that the Lions were going to score 30 points, I figured Galladay would have got a piece of it and it would have enough all yeah, gone. Thank yeah, thank. Yeah, I mean, that was just a disaster last week. Um, on the Giants' side, obviously, we're going to love Saquon. That's – every single week, but I especially love this matchup against the linebacking core that struggles to defend guys. Saquon came in, didn't exactly crush it last week, but still did good enough, you know, especially in a week where a lot of people disappointed. Dago, what do you like on the Giants? The Giants are just tough because it is truly a sink spot. Um, you know, just playing the Cardinals and this is a, it was a Cardinals defense that couldn't pressure the quarterback whatsoever, was consistently getting pummeled by the tight end, wide receivers, couldn't stop the run. And yet they did nothing but reach Daniel Jones with ease as if the offensive line was completely invisible because he's still been under pressure the most of any quarterback since he was thrown under center. Um, that makes me somewhat lean, actually, towards the Lions defense than it does the Giants pieces because I don't think anyone here outside of Golden Tate you should be interested in outside of Golden Tate and Barkley of course but like those are the only two guys really you can be interested in because uh you know Slayton not dependable on the outside I Sterling Shepard if we get him back that gets interesting because he would be on the outside and Tate would continue running as he did in their first game they played together um uh, from the slot heavily so we need to see if we get Shepard, but yeah, it's Tate and Barkley, and that's—I mean, it's ugly, man. Yeah, I think it. Obviously, you guys this my week. Cardinals D pick last week too. Remember that? That was, that was good. All right, give us a D pick. There you go, Reeves. Here you go. No, I said you nixed it last week. I, I know. I'm. I, I, I'm not going to nix this one. It's too late. It already happened. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
you know, I think, you know, well, obviously we're recording this Wednesday night, so we don't have the Sterling Shepard news today. I'm sort of expecting him to play, so we're going to have to see what what ends up happening there. But, Reeves, is there anybody in the Giants you're prioritizing? I mean, Saquon. Saquon's so good. I mean, he came back, he played 86% of snaps. He had 23, all 23 backfield opportunities. Uh, you know, the Lions have just been – that's why we were on Dalvin Cook. Obviously, everyone was on Dalvin Cook most weeks anyways. Uh, the Lions have just been getting crushed by opposing backs. 30th in rushing points allowed, 20th in receiving points allowed, backfields. So, I mean, Saquon, I think he's probably at the, at the top tier in pricing. He's probably – I would have him ahead of McCaffrey, uh, you know, for a guy to play. And if you get this game to go back and forth a little bit, there's some upside there as well. Uh, you know, in the Daniels Hill, Danny, Daniel Jones has just been a turnover machine. Uh, you know, won all of his starts. And then he's ha- he's had two objectively really strong uh, outlooks coming in, and he squandered both. One, it was against Washington, and that one we kind of forgave because we were like, oh, well, you know, Haskins played and the Giants controlled game script, and it kind of ruined it. But then last week against Arizona, I mean, we can say, oh, he played in the rain or whatever, but, I mean, he's had two really great spots, and he squandered both for fantasy. You know, 12.3 points and 10.4 points. He's just not a guy we can't trust. You know, um, fantasy Twitter's not going to be happy with you. Fantasy Twitter says you're not allowed to talk crap about Danny Dimes. I know, and I, my son is not going to be happy with me either. Um, but it's, <laughs> that's just part of parenthood, man. Yeah, um, but it, he's just been, he's been tough to trust. And look what he's done to Evan Ingram. You know, and Evan Ingram had one really terrible drop in that game last week. But Evan Ingram has passed four games since that game of just crushing that opener with the Bucks or Dan- Daniel Jones's opener. Uh, he's caught just eleven of twenty-three targets, forty-eight percent of his targets for one hundred and two total yards, four point four yards per target uh, in those games that he's played with Daniel Jones. Uh, he's been really hurt by the inefficiency of Daniel Jones. Uh, it's a good matchup on paper if you want to go back to the well. I mean, you have to pay for Evan Ingram, which is another part of the problem. But, I mean, the Lions are bad against tight ends. They've kind of always been. Their linebackers are, are poor again in coverage. They're 30th in yards per target. A lot of the tight ends, 29th in yards per game. So, I mean, if you want to go back and chase that. I mean, the big problem, though, just turns to pointing and looking at the quarterback play, and it just hasn't been good enough to get people to the requisite uh, you know, type of floors and ceilings we want to play. Well, for my own, go ahead. I was just saying, a game stack, though, that's why it's interesting because it makes itself a tournament game theory opportunity in avoiding the bad pieces of this game and getting the contrarian pieces. And Stafford, Galladay, who, as we said, eight targets until last week, a random two targets, um, going to still the number one receiver over Jones um, and now has touchdown and air yards positive regression looking at him. And then you can run it back with Barkley and just avoid that situation altogether. And so you just get the stronger pieces in a game stack. Yeah, like I, if I'm building game stack here, like you said, Daigle, it's Stafford, it's Galladay, and it's Saquon. And I'm, I'm going to be happy with that, and I feel really confident that, that combination is and going that, to bring And it also gets you off Ty Johnson in tournaments. Like it's actually the perfect stat. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like the way you're thinking over there. I like it. All right, let's talk some of our other favorite quarterbacks. Uh, Reeves, who do you have here? What are you looking at as far as other quarterbacks go? Are you on the Kirk Cousins revenge train? Is that what's going on, or who do you like? Well, if you, if you want to play Thursday through Monday, you yeah. can travel with some Kirk. Uh, I want to play Eric Smith, so let's play Thursday. <laughs> yeah, Thursday through Monday. I like playing Thursday through Monday slate anyways. It's one of my favorite slates to play just because of the ownership, uh, you know, people chasing some points, especially when bad teams are involved on Thursday night. So you might see some ownership uh, extended on some guys that shouldn't be extended on, like Kyle Rudolph and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I was prepared to talk try to bring up uh, a bad quarterback to play, and you already beat me to the gun on two guys. Uh, but, I mean, I was going to talk about Ryan Tannehill uh, just because he's so cheap. Uh, last week was his first 300-yard passing game since 2016, which 
may feel like point chasing a little bit, but you look at this Bucks team, their complete pass funnel defense, 18.3% of their yardage gained this season has come via rushing, the lowest rate in the league, which means that the most they give up the most highest percentage of passing yardage. Then you look at just who they've played and who they've allowed points to. Look at the past four quarterbacks they played. Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, Jared Goff, and Daniel Jones. All those guys have 17 or more fantasy points against them. Those guys have completed 68% of their passes. They all have multiple touchdown passes in those games. Um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's really hard for me to, like, I feel like I've been itching to play a bad quarterback in DFS so badly. <laughs> and uh, and then we got our guy this week. I mean, I know how the Ryan Tannehill story ultimately ends, and Titans fans will ultimately find that out as well. But this week at home against that Tampa Bay defense that just is inviting teams to throw all over them, and it's the worst part of their defense, I mean, it's going to be tough to ignore him at that 5,100, you know, pricing. Oh, boy. That's uh, clicking Ryan Tannehill's name. I know I was talking about Matt Schaub earlier, but Tannehill, I, never mind. He's better than Matt Schaub. What am I talking about? Dale, who are you looking at at quarterback? Well, uh, if you don't want to click Matt Schaub and you don't want to click Ryan Tannehill, can I get you to click Mitchell Trubisky? Because this is, by the way, week eight's the bad quarterback show, apparently. Uh, yeah. I, I, was not, I was not prepared for that. But uh, this Chargers defense continues getting entirely too much credit. Um, the median pressuring the quarterback, median pressure rate, uh, 28 in football outsiders past defense DVOA. And you just look because the past four weeks, like, yeah, has they, have they been good? Yes. But the past four weeks, Josh Rosen, Joe Flacco, uh, Devlin Hodges. And then last week, obviously they got Tannehill who had a career high performance. So now we get Mitchell Trubisky in this spot where the stacking options are quite simple because the team can't run the ball. Um, Allen Robinson survived with Chase Daniel, and he continued to survive and be one of the league's top receivers with Trubisky. And Anthony Miller also had all his usage rates across the board upped. Um, ran eighty percent, uh, ran around on eighty percent of Trubisky's dropbacks la- last week. Yes, he hit in garbage time, and Trubisky's stats from last week hit in garbage time. But you still get a rushing floor and a. We've seen a ceiling in the past, right? Against a very bad defense off of a very bad week against a very good Saints defense. Yeah, I mean, you can actually pair Trubisky and Anthony Miller for 800 bucks cheaper than Christian McCaffrey costs. That's that's incredible. That's, that's, just, that's amazing. Like it's I don't hate that. I really don't. Like this is a team too that Reeves, would you agree with me here? They seem to be throwing more than they probably should be. Yeah, I mean, they're number one, I believe, now in neutral pass rate. Uh, and, of course, a lot of that came last week when they just completely abandoned, you know, the throw. And, it, it, and that game was close for a period mm-hmm. going into that third quarter, and the Saints just really pulled away. Um, another guy I think that's very interesting that people shouldn't forget about, and we're probably going to have to wait to this game-time decision you said, uh, Drew Brees is priced down way down on both sides. Uh, on FanDuel, FanDuel's done this weird thing all year where um, the guys that are hurt, they price down. Um, and there was that remember the one week they put Saquon as men and like Saquon almost was going to come back. Yeah, and play he was going to play. Yeah. Out. Drew Brees is 7,200. He's the QB 21 on FanDuel. He's the QB nine on DK, but that's still totally palatable as well in this matchup against Arizona indoors. If he comes back and plays, cause it's not like Brees is coming back and he had like a hamstring pull or a shoulder injury. Like the dude broke his thumb. Like he, like he had a, you know, he, if he's good to go and he's good to throw the football, I mean, he's going to come back into a, a, an objective smash spot. And he's going to be way underpriced for that spot. I mean, if this is a typical Drew Brees playing the Arizona Cardinals defense in the midst of the season, he would be probably the top quarterback priced on the board, or at least top three, 
top three to four. So, I mean, if you can get him and he's playing at 7,200 on FanDuel at 6,300 on DK, um, I think it's a, it's just a great uh, thing to take advantage of because he's probably not even – his name probably isn't even on people's minds. And we, you might have to wait till Sunday to plug him into lineups, and a lot of people just aren't going to do that. Yeah, I don't hate that idea. I mean, I've played worse guys than Drew Brees coming off of an injury. So, uh, yeah, might as well. All right, let's talk some running backs. Dagle, who you got for us? Uh, we'll keep this one pretty simple because Leonard Fournette is somehow second in the league in rushing, um, continues just getting all the eight touches you want. Um, at least 23, I believe, in the last four games, uh, shores up near 100% of his team's carries and backfield targets the past month. And now, and, and yet I should say, he has only scored one touchdown in the year. Like, it's not going to be positive TD regression. It's going to be, like, positive TD damn breaking. And it's just a matter of catching that game. And in this game against the Jets, is their defensive strong suit, their defensive line? Yes. But it's still one that is not only injured, but uh, but bad game script for the opposing Jets offense. So I do just run it right back with Leonard Fournette. <sighs> Leonard Fournette, man. That guy. He, he was almost there, buddy. He almost got that hundred yards. I was underweight on him, so I didn't care. I was th- I was thrilled that he didn't do well. Didn't matter for me, but I was perfectly fine that Leonard Fournette didn't do well. Reeves, who are you looking at at running back? Yeah, Fournette had a fourth and one carry the first drive of the game and got stoned, and they just never never really got back there again. They're just a team that just they struggle when they get inside the red zone. Um, and Minshew is actually the last few weeks has kind of really reopened the door for Foles here. Uh, the way he's played, I know that they won they won last week, but he's got back to back games. He was under under fifty percent completion rate. Uh, he ran around a little bit last week is what helped him, but that game should have been. That game shouldn't have required Andy Dalton throwing three interceptions and five pass attempts in that <laughs> in the fourth quarter because uh, they should have been up by, you know, in the 20s. They kept selling for field goals and kept selling out on drives. Uh, but, I mean, running back, I mean, it's – I think you got to go back to the, the guys that were running back one and running back two last week. I mean, both those guys have to be in play again. Uh, Latavius Murray, I doubt we get Alvin Kamara. He didn't practice today, and this is Wednesday, so things can change. But the Saints are on bye next week. So why not let Kamara have another week, go through the bye, have, that gives him almost a full four weeks of from Sunday he played to Sunday he plays again, um, where you get him back and the ankle's healthy. Uh, Latavius Murray played 83% of the snaps. He handled 32 of 37 backfield touches. Arizona's allowed 128 yards for scrimmage to lead backs over the past five games. Just seems like a, another spot. Like they're at home in the dome. If Breeze plays, it's even better. Uh, you know, another a, a better spot for him. And then the other guy that was the RB1, we talked a little bit, was Chase Edmonds. All signs point to David Johnson not playing in this game at this point. Um, they added two running backs, you know, kind of show up their depth. Uh, the Now, the problem is that the, the Saints, the matchup, like, so the Cardinals have gotten really fat or gotten on track, I should say, and it didn't happen last week in the past game. But they've played the Bengals, the Falcons, and the Giants the past three games. The Saints are not those teams. <laughs> and the Saints have allowed haven't allowed more than 300 total yards to an opposing team. Uh, I believe it's now in four straight games, which is uh, their longest streak in like 12 years or something. Um, but the thing is that they give a lot of receptions to running backs, and it has to do with some little bit of game script. And if we don't have David Johnson playing, and David Johnson, all by the way, and we saw it kind of hurt Kyler Murray. A lot of people will say the rain and stuff. David Johnson's been their best vertical receiver. So when yeah. we removed David Johnson from the fold last week. 
Kyler, the horizontal rate is back. The horizontal rate. <laughs> it was back, baby. It was back. But, the, you know, the Saints are 26th in receptions allowed to the position. So on DK, you know, Chase Edmonds still has a little bit of a floor, and we know he has some upside. He's shown a little more juice than DJ anyways. The matchup's not as good, but, I mean, uh, those guys both have to be back still in the conversation. And then um, our, our, our guy, uh, Dusty Knees, Todd Gurley, has to be we have to at least talk about him a little bit because this Bengals situation man is unbelievable their rushing differential now is the largest through seven games in any season in nfl history for a team uh they're they're negative uh my they're minus 951 rushing yards in their opponents through seven games the highest in the nfl it's just it's crazy um and then the thing about Gurley is is he played a season low 61 percent of snaps last week but he still had a touch on 42 percent of his snaps uh and the touches were there and the thing that it's just gonna drive me crazy too about this week with Gurley, and while he'll still pop in like projections other than just the matchup is that he has touchdown equity in the offense still and he should have had two they just didn't challenge the one last week they didn't care but he was definitely in the end zone on that second one um but he keeps getting into the paint uh, weekly when he plays, even though he doesn't get any yardage and he looks objectively bad, he keeps getting uh, into the end zone. So I think this is the first week I have Todd Gurley ranked as an RB1. Uh, so I can't wait for it to all just go poorly. Yeah, I do. I no. worry about Todd Gurley's like touchdown, re- negative touchdown regression at some point, but you are right. Like le- just last week alone, only, as we said, a season low in snaps, but still 10 touches inside the 20. It's like they get in the 20 and then have blockers for any other running back but Gurley. They stick him in, and he can benefit off that. All right. Well, from Todd Gurley, let's talk about wide receivers. Uh, Daigle, who you got a wide out that you're looking at? I'm going to play Mike Williams until that mf or hits. Oh. I swear to you. And I'm going to 4K, run back. baby. 4K. Dude, I never play. I never play that guy. 4K, just under 10 targets per game the past three weeks since he's come back from injury. Continues getting air yards. And then also uh, led them in, in targets inside the 10 end zone targets last week. Like, it's going to hit. It's going to happen. And I'm going to go crazy waiting for it to happen. And He's I'm, the same and, price as Debo Samuel. <laughs> and if I'm playing Mitch Trubisky, and if I'm playing Anthony Miller, I'm sure as hell going to play Mike Williams. Dante Moncrief is 4K this week. That's insulting. <laughs> Eric, it's insulting. That's, uh, you know how, how good I feel? Because I always do this. Right? I always chase these guys. No, this is going to be the week. I swear, this is the time. And I just I never play Mike Williams. Like I, I really think Hunter Henry being back hurts him. Like I, I mean, but it's only hurt the results though. That's the thing. Like everything else is there. That's what I care about. Um, the, results the, is a process. It's funny though because like the Chargers' offense is actually it's like one poised to blow up despite the fact that they can't pass protect because even Keenan Allen still leads the league in air yards. Like he's getting downfield. Um, he's his targets have dropped immensely the past month. Yeah. But like he's still getting important downfield targets, and then obviously Melvin Gordon still getting every single goal line carry. And if Gordon reaches a half an inch further as opposed to reach, reaching a quarter inch and dropping the ball, we don't even talk about it. We're like, oh, okay. He rushed for two touchdowns. Great. All right, Reeves, who do you got for us at wide receiver? Don't say Mike Williams. No, no. I just, I mean, listen, I wasn't going to bring him up, but, like, I was secretly going to keep jamming him in the last <laughs> if I can. I, I mean, since Dangle brought it up, I piggyback. I wasn't going to do it. But uh, uh, 4K is, is hilarious, though. But uh, there's a lot of guys, I think, that are in play this week. Uh, John Brown, again. Keep going back to the John Brown well and if, until they decide they want to price him up. 
Uh, you know, he's had 50 yards receiving in every game. Just one of two guys to do that in the season. We just, I mean, you don't need me to talk about the, the Eagles and even getting Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby back. Those guys aren't, aren't fast enough to keep Those up. guys suck. Like it's, they, they're good. Imagine getting those guys back and it's an upgrade. Yeah, um, that's amazing. That's everybody. I, I heard people say last week, oh, no, they're getting Jalen Mills back. They'll be fine. What? That's, yeah, um, that's what you know people try to yeah. overanalyze positions entirely too much. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? If so, if you don't want to play Tannehill, which I totally find, I, I understand that. No one likes to, no one's a masochist like me, but like what loves to play these bad quarterbacks. But what are we going to do with these receivers, man? Because, I mean, they're, they're dirt cheap. I mean, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Uh, Corey Davis had a season high, you know, 24% of targets last week in his first game with Tannehill. He had seven targets. Uh, dude, Tannehill was thrown in the tight windows. I mean, that was a, and that was a matchup we weren't even on. Like we weren't on them against the Chargers. You know, dude, the I'm not, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It's Wednesday. I haven't dug into it too much, but I'm not kidding. Like Tannehill to Corey Davis seems like a really interesting stack to me. And I'll just <laughs> hate AJ AJ Brown is dominating like red zone looks. And if they might not have Delaney Walker in this game, like it just that ups his red zone usage. I mean, the Buccaneers are allowing the 31st most receptions per game to wide receivers. Uh, I mean, it kind of like, makes like, sense. Like, it I really mean, does. I get it. And then we saw, and then just a couple injury situations to touch on. I know that these guys haven't hit. We were probably on like I think we're on like week nine of the is Christian Kirk watch going to play but last week the Saints law like they they took some L's in the second row PJ Williams is suspended his backup Patrick Robinson had a hamstring injury Eli Apple had a knee injury all those guys are expected to be out this week I know that we've chased kind of these Cardinals receivers in the past but it just leaves Marshawn Lattimore a guy that doesn't travel into the slot and the Cardinals only throw the slot um kind of that kind of a matchup uh wise there uh, could could lead to something. And then the Bengals situation last week, obviously they lost William Jackson and Drake Kirkpatrick. Well, their two backups uh, last week were awful. Tony McRae and B.W. Webb, um, they were just a disaster. McRae allowed a perfect passer rating in his coverage last week, uh, 158.3. Uh, Webb allowed three of five targets to be completed for 83 yards in his coverage. They were bad. And I know, again, everyone's been chasing Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, but those are the guys that they're going to be guarding on the perimeter um, and they were just awful last week. So, I mean, um, it's another situation just to follow from an injury stance. Um, these backups that just uh, – they, they were just awful against the Jaguars. And if you're going to play Ron Tannehill and Corey Davis, I'll be damned if I'm not playing Mike Evans running it back with him because yeah, baby. he leaves to his bye with 17 targets, just not talked about since it was Chris Godwin who went over 100 with a touchdown. But Evans still, like I said, 17 targets last game, still uh, has 150 more air yards than Chris Godwin. Godwin, but 55 fewer fantasy points like it's gonna hit and as yeah. we know when Evans goes off Evans goes off like, oh that's, yeah, who, that's that's the big boy number he's right the now. clutter scorer of the bunch and like if this is going to be a game stack then yes that's who I'm going back with yeah and the fact that he's cheaper than Godwin just 6.6k for Mike Evans whether you like him or not whether you like the spot or not it's just too damn cheap mm. so all right uh Reeves last, last thoughts on the slate for you man no, man, uh, I think we covered it pretty well. Obviously, you know, every week we get some injury news. Last week, definitely, we had a lot of things happen. And I wish that we would have had Chase Edmonds news before uh, <laughs> because, uh, you know, everyone would have played him. But actually, you know what, in a way, it was kind of good that we did it. I still lost and played Chase Edmonds. I had 22% Chase Edmonds. <laughs> lost money. I mean, just some of the weeks this happened, man. Dave, last thoughts on the slate for you? Uh, I still need to clean out the vomit in my trash can for when Chase Edmonds scored the first touchdown, <laughs> let alone his third one. Yeah. 
But uh, other than that, no, I think we we covered it pretty well. Like we discussed the games in depth, whether you're going to stack them or not, or maybe the situation to avoid. I think we're I think we're ready for week nine. We yeah, I'm re- we, maybe I'm we're re- not ready for any I'm weeks not, anymore. I'm ready for week nine. I don't care, man. Let's keep it rolling, <laughs> baby. All right, we got to get off here. Uh, thanks so much for watching, everybody. Coming up next, we've got the Pro Football Focus Show. It's with Jordan Cooper and Daniel Kelly. Up next, thanks for Dagle. Thanks to Reeves. Thanks to the D-Train for producer. I'm Eric. We'll catch you all later. Peace. Thank you.